Coming at you from Scratch Your Wolf Studio. It's that time again to rage across the internet. It's your very favorite Werewolf the Apocalypse podcast. As always, I'm Porter. To my left, I got my co-host, Daniel Tyson. Hey, everybody. Sitting across from me, the elusive Tommy Dixon. What's up? <laughs> Welcome back, my friend. Wait. I live. He does. And, and, we ain't even done yet. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> We have a very special guest from Weaponize Inc., Mr. Cason Snow. Cason, how the hell are you? I am not too bad. Thanks for coming on the show with us. It's great to have you here. Oh, thanks for inviting me. I've been looking forward to being on. Uh, it's definitely been a long time coming. Yeah, we, we knew it was going to happen, and well, Chris Gunning and Grant, and then, uh, well, who's next? We knew it was Cason, and we knew we had to do something with it, so. Right, like, we, I was actually, we were waiting for a particular event, but then I'm very impatient, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was kind of waiting for the player's guide to come out too, but that has grown and grown and grown, and so it will be uh, it's, it'll be a bit in coming still. Well, player's guide, huh? <laughs> there you go, right. right out of the bag. So you are writing the Savage Age player's guide. Yes, I have the the honor and pleasure of writing the player's guide. Originally, it was supposed to be like oh seven hundred and fifty thousand words per era, kind of talking about how they appear in. The Savage Age versus the Modern Knights. It's now ballooned into I'm over forty thousand words and I'm not done yet. Holy oh, shit, man! <laughs> I am because I because I realized I thought, oh, well, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to go into the breed books, turn to the history chapter, turn to the front part of the history chapter, and kind of crib notes from what they say about that time. If I'm lucky, there were two paragraphs in the breed books talking about prehistory. So there's a lot of extrapolating things backwards, and in some cases, inventing things whole cloth for certain pharaoh. See, that's really exciting to me. Um, and extremely I, impressive. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, it's a daunting task, and, you know, I mean, good luck in my heart's out to you. But at the same time, I have always said, and I mean, you guys, Tom, Danny, you guys know, I have always said that the, the player's guide for Savage Age is going to be so important. Very. And, like, integral to, to, I guess, for lack of a better term, getting the show on the road. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. I agree with you. 100%. Like, I have been super excited for this book the whole time. So no pressure. It's fine. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I actually took a chapter out of another book I was working on for the setting for the Savage Age. And it's going to talk about sort of daily life in the Pleistocene. What was it like? I mean, there's no there's no cities. There's no towns. There's no stores. There's not even agriculture. No writing. No wheel. So what was it like? Because I figure a lot of players aren't as uh, paleo-geeky as I am. I want it to feel as realistic as it can feel with having shape-shifting beast gods as players. Not have it fall into just sort of generic fantasy traps either. I like that. That's right? fair. You know, it's, it's exactly the kind of thing that I was hoping for for the book. You know, that was, that was exciting. Big, yeah, it was a big question for me. Because again, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm reasonably sure that the Flintstones is, is like about 50% accurate. Mm. So, about. like, that's about what I know. <laughs> so, I like know I, more than I do. Right? So, <laughs> right. Well, looking in the book, the it's like, thing what is do you that do? It, all it can all change on a dime. Just this week, I, I read an article that they did a genetic sequencing of cave bears and discovered hey, look, there's two more subspecies of cave bears out there. We didn't know about when I wrote the Stone Eaters or wrote Player's Guide. So information changes all the time, and that's the nice thing about the... As much as we all want dead tree copies of these books, 
It's a nice thing with the PDFs. If science changes, we can go in and add to it if we want to. And Which keep is, things up to date. Yeah, that is that is pretty cool. You know, the, the ability to go fix a thing. or, or yeah, new information coming out. Yeah. You're able to do that like that? That's really cool. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here. Do we know anything in terms of an expected release date? You can say no. I am hoping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm hoping to have all of my writing done in the in the beginning of the new year. I've got a kinfolk chapter, which is the the general daily life in the Pleistocene and what the, the the setting was like. It'll have a couple surprises in there, like for example, the Sahara didn't exist at the time, so Africa was no it was known as the Green Sahara. So it's all grasslands, like like when you see Southern Africa, it looks like that. So I get to talk about that a little bit. Are the rains um, still blessed? Pardon? Are the rains still blessed? <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> it's very important. Yes, always um, will be. What an asshole question. <laughs> I, Please continue. With that, those, um, Rokia is taking a hell of a lot of time to write, because I realize half of the breed book is an adventure. Is that good um, or bad? But yeah, hopefully... Hopefully I have my writing done by the turn of the year. So what this was going to be is going to be a fun post-Christmas present for everybody. We can hope. Right. We can say when post-Christmas, but post-Christmas nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could even be a birthday gift for me to you guys. There you go. I like gifts and birthdays. So. Yeah. I'm in. No, that's great news. So there you go, everybody. We have something, something awesome to look forward to in the new year. Yes. Because, I mean, I think uh, the last last while has been a little rough for humanity. <laughs> so we get some good news coming that we're gonna call next it? year <laughs> with the Savage Age Player's Guide. And, Very of course, cool. uh, once that comes out, you'll hear about it. In oh, fact, I'm um, sure we'll talk about it. Yeah. In fact, Hasten, um I'm already inviting you back to talk about the Player's Guide. But, uh, yeah, um, at, like I said, the length it is now, it could be a couple of shows and I could get close to Grant's six appearances, you know. Ooh, we got another contender. Look at that. Oh-ho! That's what we like to hear. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you know, at some point, we're going to have to get it, fly everyone in oh. for like a little gladiator kind of thing and film that. <laughs> Maybe make that like a new Patreon tier, like a hundred bucks, watch all our guests else fight to the death. So, so a new Thunderdome. Exactly. Ooh. <laughs> a, a different Thunderdome. I was thinking like gladiator, but we can do... <laughs> uh, yeah. We could... We could do it like the Sarmatians. You get a rope and two knives. So each of you have a knife, and you tie your left arms together, and you just go at it until the last one stands. Well, see, now we got to play Beat It in the background while that happens. <laughs> 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 oh, if we can afford the rights to that, but we'll make it happen somehow. Uh, nope. No, we won't. <laughs> we'll have Danny sing it. It'll be a cover, so it'll be fine. Oh, perfect. There we go. should hear this man rap. Danny He's a fucking artist. Yes. <laughs> That's a lie, too. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, so great news coming next year, Players Savage Age Players Guide. And that is fantastic. Now, you mentioned, you just snuck that in there, but we already know, <laughs> that um, you wrote the Cave Bears. And I know we covered them last time. They were the best ones. So is, is there anything you want to want to bring up or add to that? <laughs> I think I think you're right. I think of well, all the ones yeah, we Yeah, when I was listening to it, I was, I was, you know, kind of conversating along with you. You know, you guys listening to the podcast and realizing that you can't hear me talking. Basically, I, I remember, I think it was Porter asking a question that, you know, it, how realistic is all of this? I, almost all of it is drawn from, from folklore. Um, the, the use of henbane, rice rituals, where they, they would go out and they would hunt the bears in their dens. 
before they would they would get to the den, before they would actually kill the bear, they would stand in front of the, the den saying, you know, hey, older brother, uh, we're very sorry, we need to do this. And they would make a lot of noise, so they'd wake the bear up. So it wouldn't be like, you know, you're killing someone, you're killing your brother in the sleep. But yes, it's all based very much on current and historical practices of the Palearctic peoples, ranging from Finland all the way over to northern Japan. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Solid. No, I, I think I think I, I think we are in agreement when we say I think our, the cave bears were our favorite of the first yeah. the last show. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the ones I picked, but I thought the the stone eaters were just so badass. <laughs> right? Yeah, like we're not talking out on the others, right? But I, I think out of, out of the ones <laughs> we picked last time, out of the three we picked, yeah, I liked the stone eaters the most. I'm not saying. The Belai that I had last time were bad. Those were also badass. Now, we're not talking shit, but, man, those... Well done, man. <laughs> you, you, you did the best ones. Right, well, thanks. And that was my first writing assignment from Chris. And actually, the Sibirak were my second writing assignment. So that's, that was number one and two. And then it ballooned into the Whalewa tribe book. And now I'm on to the Player's Guide. I like the Whalewa. Huh, you did that one too. You got three. Holy crap, man. In this case, it's now we're talking to. Come on, man. No, I'm <laughs> I'm impressed is the point here. Well, I, I think um, that said, mm-hmm. you know, this is actually, we haven't mentioned this yet. <laughs> this is our, our second first Garu Nation show. The first Garu Nation, yes. Part two. Part right. Two. There Part we go. Two. Well, yeah, we'll so, take with that. We, we have three more to talk about today. But we wanted to make sure... That we got the refresher on the Stone Eaters. Oh, hell yeah. Because, again, it was the first Garu Nation. And, and, and when you got being the, here... We, yeah, we got the man here. If you, you know, you got more to say on the, on the cave bears, tell us more about the cave bears. My God. <laughs> exactly. We love the cave bears. Dub bears. Dub bears. <laughs> we'll have you wait for the player's guide. There'll be some good stuff in there for them. A little sneak peek. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Even better. There's a, there's a fetish that we're going to include... For those stone eaters, and it's so the the word bear has no root in Proto Indo European, which is the language we're using for most of the Guru Nation terms. Instead of the word salad that modern werewolf uses, the the actual word for bear we don't know what it is because it was so taboo to say that they came up with euphemisms. So the word we use bear literally just means brown in Proto Indo European. So the fetish we came up with is the actual name for bear before it was made taboo. And if you learn this, you can automatically win in a duel with Death Bear. Hmm. Bring someone back from the dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> but if the Saxum Aknami know that you know this, they're coming for you because no one is supposed to know the name of bear. I love every second of that. <laughs> so it's not. Shit. So, it's not a physical item. It's knowledge. Is this fetish? <laughs> just, just like, uh, <laughs> just like the <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just like the best. Bet. No, that's cool though, right? And then again, the saxophone. I, I will not say that correctly. Unfortunately, I will try a thousand times, but you know who I'm saying. If they know it, you're, you're right. eventually doomed. You're being hunted. That just opens exactly. up story potential the, right the there. Big, yes, the big bears are coming for you. Sweet. <laughs> Only you can prevent instant win death bear duels. <laughs> <laughs> See, All right, right. Like, Smokey. That's the other app.
I want to see that on a sign. <laughs> Save the trees, man. <laughs> Give me a digital sign lock. <laughs> With the ones we had last time. Yes. We got the refresher on the stone eaters. Mm-hmm. Next, I guess, with the rest of the Garu Nation. Yeah, the, the proto-Garu Nation, the first Garu Nation. Yep. That would be who, Tom? Oh, I'm, I'm starting. You're starting. Ah. All right. It's the Kucha. 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 Tell us about the Kucha. And again, Kaysen, if any time you need to jump in and throw Tom under the bus, or... <laughs> do. Or just... Give a little bit more explanation <laughs> we'll on do. what he said. Yeah, please. Yeah, anything to add? You, you know the score. Just, just run us over. Just just trample me. Sure this thing. Time. Yep. So the Kucha, they had a mandate. Their guy in mandate. It's unto you, my Kucha. I demand you destroy my enemies who prove too difficult for your brothers and sisters to manage on their own. Awesome. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> off to a good start. Off yeah. to a great start. So just your fighters. Period. Your fighters. And these guys actually, they have two different... What are, we, what are we going to call them, Case? In two different tribes, kind of? They split off in the world. Well, it's, it's kind of like two tribes from the price of one. Right. So just two different factions, then? Yeah, faction would be a good way to put it, I think. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even call them camps. Like, I, I, you know, tribes, sub-tribes, something to that effect. Okay, so we'll dive into the Ekundu first, which these guys... Uh, they're successive to the Red Talons. So they're the ones that, after everything, become the Red Talons. Um, you know, we're, uh, we became fans of the Red Talons through our tribal series. <laughs> so that's cool. At least for a short time, until they're gone. Mm. <laughs> we're not playing that game today. All right. Fair, fair. <laughs> why not? It's, it's been a week is why. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Kucha are known, and they're the most predatory of predators. That's, right. that's one little quote I really like from the book. Uh, these guys are very pack-orientated. They prefer to fight in packs over solidarity. And these, these guys... Uh, I mean, you're a typical wolf. You're a typical wolf, yeah. And these guys are very into cooperation and coordination. They like having uh, debates. They're very big debaters. It, would, would you say debate? They're, they're very talkative, actually. So okay. This is a very talkative breed. That is not what I expected to hear. Right. <laughs> From being successors to Red Talons. Right. I mean, you say debate, I immediately thought, like, ow, my face and hands kind of debate. Not the... <laughs> no, no, no. They were very talkative, and they appreciated a good debate as much as a successful hunt. I like them already. <laughs> right. Which well, I figured if they were successive to the Red Talons, they were going to be on your top tier list, I guess. Look, I love that Red Talon book. I know, that's, that's why that I was thinking that. shit for me. I, that's exactly that's why a really I was thinking fun that. read. So, to me, these guys are very... They're very Ahram. They take the role of teachers and coordinators and trainers to other Pharaoh. I dig it. All Pharaoh in general. All Pharaoh in general. Oh, wow. And these guys will actually send out a call when they have something big and bad to take down. They will send out a call to all the other Pharaoh and go, hey, I need you here now. So they would actually make interim packs of multi-Pharaoh packs to take down a giant threat. That's super cool. And they're the ones <laughs> leading the charge. That's pretty badass. These, these guys are the ones that are just going to go in guns a-blazing. Well, no guns back then, but you get it. Yeah, I see where you're heading. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just one big thing. That's the most thing that struck me the best of these guys is they just, they want to kick ass. And that's that's their mandate. They take that mandate literal, and that's all they do. It's all they want to do. Just kill everything. 
It's like a threat to Gaia. It's like the whiplash of the Savage Age. <laughs> like if it whiplash is. were a whole tribe. <laughs> and like I'm super into that right now. <laughs> you say threat, and, and you know, and obviously, Casey, feel free to chime in on this. What what was their main uh, focus? I mean, you know, at the, at the time, I mean, we look today, right? Like the worm is the bad guy, the weaver is the bad guy, the wild is is the underdog, and we know it was different in the Savage Age. Who was their main focus of, of the triad? Or didn't they have one? It was just a generic, where's the problem? I'll let Casey answer that. Yeah, it's it's more of a generic, where's the problem? Um, no one in the triad is anyone's friend in the Savage Age. Um, Certainly. The, the triad's all kind of coming to terms with the worm becoming the corrupter worm and the the weaver becoming the trapper rather than the preserver. You know, so you've got your... You know, you're going to see Fomori sort of the first time ever in all of history, for lack of a better term, naturally occurring Fomori. And the Kucha Kundu will, you know, they've got the best het to deal with. You know, the lions are have always been a problem. The Simba. Um, Fucking cats. Yeah, I was going to get onto that, but I'm glad he's touching it already, so that's, <laughs> that works. So, yeah, there's a lot of naturally occurring things or unnaturally occurring things. You know, you'll have... You know, twisted monster uh, animals and humans. You know, clever little monkeys poking their noses where they shouldn't be necessarily. We we've left this kind of open for for storytellers to really let their let their imaginations run with that aspect of things. Well, and that's something I do I love about the Savage Age too is that idea like you bring up like the very first Fomori. Like imagine playing a game. And I like that idea of you run into a threat and you're like, what the fuck is what is this? <laughs> What is this? We've never seen anything like it before. And I mean, like you mentioned, yeah, the triad, you know, not being anyone's friends, really. I mean, I mean, that's always true. But I think a lot of players and sometimes storytellers make that mistake, like in the modern setting, of going, well, no, the wild's our friend. The wild is not your friend. No. It just happens to be the one losing the fight. Mm-hmm. He's the least amount of a threat. Right. But it will still destroy you. Don't, they're not even about you. Don't invite him over. <laughs> Not unless you want random chaos everywhere. <laughs> so, now the question, the Kucha, what what kind of fare were they? What kind of animal are we looking at here? The base, sort of the core of the Kucha Kundu were the, uh, or are the African hunting dogs, or cape hunting dogs. They have a couple different names. If you've seen them, they're, they're a smaller dog. They're kind of a mottled pattern of blacks and whites and browns. They've got giant ears. And they run in huge packs. They're, you know, a, a standard wolf pack is, you know, up to 12. You might have 15, like in uh, Yellowstone. But these packs of wild dogs, they'll run 30 or 40 of them if they have, you know, really good territory in, in Africa. They're very social. Ants will take care of other pups. Um, there's, you know, babysitting while all the adults go off to run. Older cousins will stay behind and take care of the pups. They've been known to harass lions off of kills. So, <laughs> so very family-oriented. They are very family-oriented. More so very <clears throat> pack-oriented. Yeah. that was Yeah, I was trying to touch on that earlier. They're very pack-oriented. And there's actually a problem with them being the ones that are hunting the Gaian evils, I guess, what's evil to Gaia, that their numbers dwindle, are dwindling quickly, because a lot of other pharaohs stopped answering their calls. And this was getting closer to the War of Rage. I can't imagine that went over well. No. Bastet basically never answered their calls. Oh, imagine that. So this is why they're like their main 
fairly hate. It's cats, man. Seriously. <laughs> Nobody likes cats. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. They, they hated the Bastet, especially the Simba and the Khan. They were blood enemies with the Grandor, whom they actually lost most of their packs to during the war. I was going to say, the, you don't fuck with the... It's, if there's one thing we have established here on Range Across the Internet... Don't fuck with Grandor. Don't fuck with Grandor. I've noticed a pattern is not a lot like the Grandor. <laughs> And I think it was like I said on the on the day, you know. It's mm-hmm. like the, I think my favorite thing about them is they would just insert themselves into shit and not back down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing this. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, come on, come I, on. I fucking dare you. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. I mean, <laughs> that, yeah. That, and Grandri, you know, they're they're pissed off. They're they're not very social, and they know better than you. <laughs> and they're badasses. So. <laughs> Oh yes, I mean they've got it. They've got what it takes to back it up. <laughs> That's all you need, right? <laughs> like not for nothing. When when you got Garu going, help! Right. We need some backup because <laughs> the pigs are mad. <laughs> and yeah, that's like a real sentence. <laughs> Very true sentence. Right. Right. Well, I mean, neat things about a you know a little side segue in, or tangent to the to the grounder. I'm um, doing research for them for the player's guide. I found out things like, and, and these are feral pigs in the United States. People would try and poison them by soaking corn in kerosene and leaving it out for them. You know, hey, eat that kerosene, soak corn, and die. Yum. They just ate it. Well, like, hey, where's seconds? <laughs> <laughs> I can just see it. Like, I'm poison. Now what? I'm still right. here. Well, that's, that's how exactly how I see them. They, they'll eat a femur and just be like, that's great. Where's some more? I'm still hungry. <laughs> Where's some more? Some more. Oh, good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. That was it for me. Poor you son of a bitch. It's the worst thing I've ever said. I gotta go. Tom's in charge now. No. <laughs> no. Good. I don't feel like doing it. It's Kaysen show. There we go. Rage right. across the Kaysen from now on. We'll see you guys later. Rage across the Savage Age. Ooh. Ooh. Fucking dibs. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the Kucha. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, please. If we're you just run us over, it's fine. It might be season three. Right. Um, so the the other half, which we haven't really touched on yet, the, the, the Kucha Sakurai, Sakurai yep. were the ones that really had the problems with the Grander. Yes. Because um, the the Granders, one of their main areas of strength were South Asia and Southeast Asia, which we're calling Sundaland. So yeah, they, they come into conflict with them there. Obviously, the, the Kucha Sakurai are not breeding with African wild dogs in India. I was going to ask you about that. Because we were going to ask who the D-holes were. Yeah, who the D-holes were, not doles. <laughs> and, I, and I specifically didn't Google it, so I could ask. <laughs> But now that he pronounced it right, I'm like, okay, now I feel like right. an asshole. <laughs> the, the doles and the African wild dogs are are both descended from the from the same painted stock before that called Xenokion. So they're they're actually cousins to each other, not related to wolves. Hmm. Don't you feel like an asshole now, Tom? I, I really do. I second that though. <laughs> You were so excited. D-holes, this is going to be fun. D-holes, this will be great. <laughs> <laughs> and he put us in our place. Yes. 
And actually, what during the so case and during the war raged the Sakurai, they they just kind of fucked off to Australia. They didn't want to deal with the war rage. Is that how that went down? If I remember correctly, because there's a lot of lore running around in my head, Which they I'm suffered sure. a whole lot of casualties and then fucked off to Australia. Mm-hmm. It was like, ah, oh, we're out of here. Yeah. And these were the ones. The Sakurai are actually the ones that have the larger packs. These are the guys that are very. 15, 20 of them. Uh, it's right from the book, 30 at least. Jesus. That's too many of <laughs> yeah. almost anything. Yep. And yep. yeah, since but they imagine, suffered I mean, so many a, losses, that oh, the, they're done. The dogs are 20, 30 pounds, and they're taking on wildebeest. So you got to have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently you need a lot more, because it didn't work out too well. <laughs> no. Solid. No, Grondor <laughs> just said, yeah, see you later. Now, you mentioned, Tom, that the... Uh, the, the first branch eventually became the Red Talons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about the Sakurai? The Sakurai eventually become the Bunyip. Which I knew that. I think that's... <laughs> they also... They that's some of them are still Red Talons. There's a, there's a little bit of an irony there. The Not modern day, but the past of the modern day, mm-hmm. where the Red Talons were largely responsible for ending the Bunyip. <laughs> so themselves, essentially. Right. I just think that's, you know... Like, that's crazy. How about that? That's kind of awesome. You know, your best <laughs> enemies are your family. Right? Oh, yeah. Ouch, yeah. man. <laughs> you ain't kidding, though. Well, well done. I, yeah, well done. I didn't even put two and two together until you just said that. <laughs> and then case him with that frosting right on top. Mm, right? <laughs> Better to have family on family than some nobody. Uh, there, there's like three <laughs> jokes I'm looking at right now. <laughs> and it's just... There's, I can't get the bat. I can't pick one. I can't get the bat off my shoulder. That's, you know what? I think we all know you by now. Yeah, you fill it in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter which one it is. And then make it dirtier. Oh. <laughs> Just pretend I can't say it on air. One thing I did like from the book, not all Sakurai become Bunyip, but all Bunyip come from Sakurai. So not any of okay. and Kundu right. became Bunyip. Interesting. Well, I think that Kundu seemed a little bit more hardcore. Yeah, I get it. I don't want to talk shit on Bunyip necessarily. Which is weird because we just did Bunyip. Yeah. So, you know. And we were happy with that one. Right, but... And these these guys, I like their gifts. They have some really neat gifts. You got something? Especially between the two different tribes. We're going to call them sub-tribes, I guess. Factions. Factions, okay. It's funner. I like the, the, the Sakurai has a pretty cool level one gift called Paralyze the Weak. The Kucha Sakurai's presence can be so powerful that lesser beings are frozen in fear. Think about that. A little dog freezing you in fear. <laughs> Just straight intimidation. Just straight point. intimidation from a little dog. I know I shouldn't, but I'm picturing your dog, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very small dog. That doesn't work. No, I, I know. That's but... why it's funny. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm picturing it now, and that's just ridiculous. It's basically a stuffed animal. It, yeah, he's a little teddy bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the Akundu actually have a really cool one called Reap the Praise Heartblood. With this gift, the Kucha can spill the blood of a foe on the ground and immediately reap the energy release. Jesus. That's fucking fierce. Right. Just the sound of that, I don't want any of this business. I mean, there's tons more good gifts in there. Obviously, they borrow from other tribes and everything. But... Certainly. I just wanted to make sure I touched on those two. Those gifts are awesome. Those, they, they, I'm, I'm just, just picturing little pack dogs with those gifts. Right. That's just, it, it blows my mind. Intimidation by numbers. That too, but I mean, it's just a single one can do that intimidation though. Yes. <laughs> I was just, because you're saying small pack, like as in the 
each size of them individually, but you have that many of them, it doesn't matter how Imagine small they are. are doing that right, that, that gift right? Like, like look, this, this is happening. Them. I don't give a shit what the dice say. There are forty of us. One of these rolls will work. I don't give a shit what the dice says. <laughs> well, so obviously, when they become part of the Garden Nation, they uh, they tend to tor- go towards Ahran and Thurges. They're just like werewolves. They suffer silver damage. They have rage. They're very honorable. So that's the renown they really like is honor. And I, yeah, when I touched on their gifts, all their gifts really focus on hunting, hunting the wild, the land, and the purity. And unlike modern Rentalans, the Kucha have no special hatred of humans and no specialized gifts to punish or torture them. Which makes sense. The humans weren't a problem yet. Yet. Right. <laughs> that's the real villain of the world of Arctis, man. Humans? Yep. Human and human society? I'm just saying. I agree. In case you got anything else? Uh, no, I think we pretty well covered the uh, the Kucha. Now, before we go on to the next one, they were, again, part of the original Garu Nation. Mm-hmm. They were one of the first to suggest making the Garu Nation, along with the Aja. Yeah. Along with the Aja? Yeah. Like the Aja, they were the first to suggest the formation of the Garu Nation. They took pride in the hunt and were offended when other ferret didn't answer their calls. Indeed, the only groups that routinely answered were other candidates and the Aja and Abba. Now, what the fuck is an Aja? I ask as if I don't already know the answer. Hmm. That's the hyenas. If, if only we no. had some inside information, perhaps later in the show about that. Perhaps later. What? <laughs> not not yet, but later. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, we will. But See, speaking of... That's the thing. It's That's the next one. They're not the Aja yet. We don't have the Aja yet, but we do have the Anupu Ba'el. Did I, did I say that right? Anupu Ba'el. Yes. Okay. We're going to stick with Anupu, though. <laughs> that happens in right. the books way more easier. <laughs> Shorten it a little bit. But, like, these were the jackals. And right. Still cool. Again. Jackals are cool. Yeah. I mean, I get the, with the dogs and now the jackals, you, you, there's comparisons there. Their guy in Mandate, though. Watch and maintain the spirits of the Umbra, ensuring Gaia's spiritual strength. So you already know where these guys are going. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you say jackals, you say Umbra. Come on. Come on. Oh, no. I, I was... I mean, it's obvious, right? They are the successors to... The Black Furies. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to get a Fenris myself. Oh, oh, well, the, well, the joke's on both of us, because it's the Bacole. Wow. Oh. All right. Well, I All guess right. I'm done, too. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> these are the proto-silent striders, man. <laughs> Damn right they are. Is, these were fucking cool. <laughs> they took their assignment from Gaia, though, super serious. And almost too literal at times, because they, they focused a lot on, like, death spirits. So when they're in the Umbra, you know, death spirits, that's what they're focusing on. That, that caught their most... Uh, that caught their curiosity the most. Human spirits would linger after death. This and then pretty much any major conflicts would cause some serious changes in the umbral landscape. And that eventually would bleed out into like the physical and the natural world. And then as the War of Rage erupted, <laughs> they would use this to their advantage, learning more about the death spirits and more about secrets from the dead. This seems like bad juju. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, we're getting there. Yeah, they even worked with Nuisha and the Kamatsats. 
and then trying to unlock deeper secrets. You know, again, their curiosity. But their curiosity kind of gets, gets the best of them. Curiosity killed the cat. Which is a positive, generally speaking. But... <laughs> Uh, eventually, the Umbra would become overrun with these spirits, and then more powerful spirits would roam, refusing to enter the Shadowlands. Now, Kaysen, Shadowlands is something we've come up with as far as, like, spirits crossing over, kinda? Okay, so I have decided in my own head when the Umbra splits apart into the upper, middle, and lower Umbras... Okay. Shadowlands are kind of a precursor to the low Umbra. You know, imagine people dying and becoming wraiths, but there's no there's no Stygia, there's nothing like that. So they the dead just kind of wander. And the, the borders between the, the Umbrae are not defined really hard yet, because there's lots of reincarnation that could go on. Human dead don't linger around, they kind of get cycled back through. Okay. Well the dead that do stick around don't really know what to do, and then you've got the shadow in there jabbering at you the whole time. So the dead can become a problem. Yes. That's, then again, their curiosity for the death spirits gets the best of them, because they get really bad. Yeah, Porter's got his hand raised. So, what I'm hearing, what I'm, what I'm gathering from this, is that the, the Anapu, they, they do, they, they interact with these, these ghosts. And they do some sort of um, ghost. Oh, I know where you're going. Cleaning, you son of a bitch. Um, ghost <laughs> maintenance. Busting. Oh, there it is. <laughs> that makes me feel good. Busting. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh boy. I'm not sorry. No, you killed it. Danny on that one, but I knew it. He's I fucking red. knew where he was going too. <laughs> Ah, you by the time this is out, too, this the movie will be out. Oh, shit, that's right. Yep. Not sponsored, but in theaters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> Man, it threw me off track, you son of a bitch. Still not sorry. No, of course not. <laughs> Try your best to throw him off track now. <sighs> so the Ghostbusters. <laughs> We're getting overrun here. Yeah, what's Bankman up to? <laughs> oh. Never mind, I thought you meant the other one. Coach. <laughs> I guess we have to watch the movie to find out. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Still not sponsored. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, back to the, the death spirits. You would eventually have, like, worm-tainted death spirits, and they're causing even more corruption. The stronger they're getting, the more corruption that's happening. So the Anupu would call out, and asked any of their allies for help because they're being overtaken. Sure. They're not, we're not strong enough. Our curiosity gets the best of us. Yeah, that's how it goes. Except most of the other Farah just got too busy to answer, period. You got their own mandates to take care of. E- exactly. So, yeah, this is our mandate. We have to take care of it. Oh, shit, we can't handle it. We asked for help. It's like, well, sorry. You should have taken care of your own mandate. Because we are. Instead of being curious about your mandate. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually, the alliance was formed with Garu. I know we say that because eventually this ends up being Garu Nation. The first of the Garu Nation. 
Yanupu would, you know, return the favor by helping Garu out, and because they were pretty much just got done with their war for, with the Grandor and the Apis, barely winning at least that battle, because mm-hmm. again, won the battle, not the war. Is at this point a war of rage is going on. Then Anupu would help Garu out with their defense, because again, now they're weak from their previous battle. They were getting attacked by the Makole, as well as the Bastet. So Anupu joined up with Garu with defense. In return, Garu would help with the maintain of the spirits in the Shadowlands and in the Dark Umbra and Death Spirits. To, to build off from that, Kaysen, was this... Are we leading to the the origin of the pact between the Garu, what, what becomes a Garu nation in the spirits? This is all going to, yes, come up, come into that, where, I mean, you've already got totem agreements, kind of, sort of, they'll come about, or so when, when the nations start splitting up again. But yeah, you, this is sort of the first policing role that it spread from the Anubu to the rest of the Garu nation. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Badass. Yeah, and I mean, it's significant. Yeah, well, it became more than just a job that one ferret could handle. Now, Garu, as well as Yanupu, the two tribes, or the two factions, would integrate into each other. At the same time, there was another faction of Anupu that any of them who didn't join kind of were shunned away. And you guys have their own little faction name here. Help me if I'm saying this correct or not. The Ok-Ram? Yes, the Ok-Ram. Okay. So I did say it right. (laughs) I like the sound of that. Mm -hmm. But again... Sounds aggressive. Right? I like it. But they were actively hunted down. And once caught, their two choices were die or convert. Well, they should have been as cool as their name. So they didn't allow Ronan, that's all. (laughs) Should have been as cool as their name. Yeah. Wouldn't have been an issue. Maybe they should have fought better. Right? Get it together, guys. (laughs) So, a little other thing I kind of was happy with was, like, the conflict, they bring it up, the conflict with the vampires. And we know that... Stone Age Draculas. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. Again, it's it's not, like, crazy specific here, but I imagine they'll probably get a little bit more information in other books coming out, possibly. Kaysen? Possibly. So... So here's a dirty little secret. Ooh, we, we get another one. Crossover makes us break out in high. <laughs> Anything crossover, it's heavily filtered through a werewolf lens. So vampires, what are these clans you're talking about? Vampires are simply corpses that stand up, walk around, and drink people's blood. Right. And they all smell like worms, so we're going to kill them. You know, they bring up the conflict with scent, and that is what stops, you know, we know about the curse, and how the Silent Striders don't have access right. to their umbral homeland. You know, it's touched upon in this. That's the reason for... Yep. Go ahead. Again, run me over, man. Some of that is, this was a really early book in the series. And so, you know, the vision is sort of coalesced in, in the interim. Um, you know, Chris wrote this, and... I really don't want to criticize my boss too much, but I, I think that like, it would perhaps ideas evolve a little differently. So yeah, like I said, it's it's a little bit of a lore shift, 
as far as crossover goes, you know, talking about vampires, they can be there, but we're not going to like write a, a Savage Age, how to run vampire in Savage Age. No, because I completely the understand. Vampire the Masquerade, well, Gene's not even around yet because there's no farmers, so. And, and I imagine that's why it doesn't go into crazy specifics here. It only mentions that there was conflict with Set. And again, we know about the curse, right. which I thought was kind of cool. Because it gives the reason why we're now the Silent Striders. Because like, they don't have access to their umbral homelands. And, and this is, I mean, this is well before that layabout Shoe Horus. <laughs> yes. Yes. Your favorite. I get it. But. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> God damn it. I like how it's not muddied up, though, and it's through an actual, the lens of the Garu. Right, I yes. like how it's not muddied up, and just, you could do something with it, but we're not going to write about it. You figured out. And again, they don't have access to the normal homelands, so it forced them to be nomadic, mm-hmm. which is kind of where they started moving towards. Because again, we're jackals, but then they would, as they're moving around, they slowly start shifting like their kin from jackals to the African golden wolf, which eventually is all the Silent Striders. We're no longer jackals. Just thought that was really cool, and again, gives an explanation on why, again, the success of two Silent Striders here. Right. Thought it was cool. This is an interesting thing. Another little interesting thing, and I have full permission on this one. Case, and I'm sorry if it throws you off, are another RAI exclusive. Okay. Ready? And I got full permission from Grant on this one. Yeah, Grant, Grant was a little jealous of you being on the show, so he needed, he needed his name mentioned. <laughs> And threw this tidbit to us. Yep. <laughs> so, again, Nora exclusive here. The Aja and the Aba, which, again, were the hyenas, worked very closely with the Anupu. This won't be out until Grant's done with his Aja book. The Anupu worked very closely with the hyenas. They assisted in getting rid of all the spiritual reflections of physical Denzians. So, again, the death spirits and stuff. Also, because of this alliance... The hyena and jackal kin would refuse to attack one another during the War of Rage. Yeah. Which caused several difficulties. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. But also helped reduce the impact on almost the entire African continent. And that is, that is exclusive? That's, that's in that's the future? Ex- that's, that's coming from Grant himself writing the Aja book. And as a little bit, shots fired at you, Kaysen. <laughs> So if you ever want to return in kind, you let us know. <laughs> <laughs> He's already mulling it over. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, so the the fact that the, the Anupu and the Aja work well together on the continent is great. It sets them a little apart from the rest of the Guru Nation that are just want to kill all the other Pharah. It creates some nice conflict there within the Guru Nation. Sets up some inter shenanigans that can be had. Oh, yeah. Uh, Some serious hmm. storytelling can go on from there. We are fans of shenanigans. And, you know, know, it's sort of a behind-the-scenes how the sausage is made. We do a lot of this collaborative work. You know, we we run ideas past each other, so it doesn't come as a huge surprise to each of us. Or it doesn't in the books. So I think that's what makes this line so strong, is that amount of collaboration between all the authors. It's huge. It's, yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
hundred percent agree with you on that one. It absolutely shows. It really shows. Well, and, and let's not shy away from the fact of the talent involved. Because I mean, you can work well right, together no. and still be an idiot, but you guys are very talented, and that's important. <laughs> Chris definitely has an eye for recruiting talent and an unknown talent, either less famous talent. Hey, talent's talent. Wherever you get it, it's wherever you get it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I right. think the point is that we're enjoying this because of how good it is. Yes. Right. Good. Uh, well, so I'm, I'm glad. I mean, that's that's why we write the stuff. You know, it's hats off to you guys all around over there. You know. We joke around a lot. Sure. Welcome to the show. But, <laughs> what? No, we're but, serious all the time. But you know, this is professional. But you know, we do take the game seriously. Yes. And you know, we we didn't just decide one day that let's have fun and show for some weapon. Else. Yeah. <laughs> we were interested in Savage Age. We looked into it and kind of fell in love with the setting. That's why we keep talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a testament to what you guys are doing. Yeah. No, we. You know, it, it's great that you guys like it this much and you're you're out there promoting it and getting the name out there because we put a lot of work into it we take it seriously too but we also have a hell of a lot of fun with it oh it's clear exactly that's the best way to have it seems like it's the same with us huh it's what we do too <laughs> look at that yeah hey <laughs> so the anupu the with the again they're collaborating and joining with the kucha mm-hmm. and the start of the garu nation and we know with the Stone Eaters as well, they did the same. Mm-hmm. So that there's your really their, your first three of the Garu Nation? Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, we'll throw it in there. <laughs> well, I, I got some stuff too, but we'll get to that. We're getting there. But yeah, we're going to get there. That's kind of where I was leading you. Oh, that's your segue, my segue. friend. Look at that. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I had to throw the RAI exclusive from Grant in there. Oh, that's, no, of course. That's huge. That's Three exclusives already today. Right? Rage across the exclusive. <laughs> These weaponized ink guys must like us. Apparently. Now, unless Kaysen's got maybe a little bit more something that I missed. Nope. I, I think you pretty much covered it. Um, they're a pretty straightforward tribe. All right. All right. Well, now... Well, um, you know what? I, I missed something. I apologize. I just found it really interesting. The only two auspices that the uh, Anupu had... Were Thurges and Philodox. Really? Yeah. Nice little interesting nugget I saw in there. I thought it was pretty cool. Just throw it in there real fast. Sorry for ruining the segue. No, you did. You destroyed it, and you're not my friend anymore. All right. Well, podcast over. See you guys later. Not just Danny over. <laughs> I rent a monkey. <laughs> oh. Ouch. Well, that was mean. It, it was. was. That was. I'm, I'm sorry. It was man. just dead silence after that. Right? One. Like, oof. <laughs> my feelings have been hurt. We love you, Tyson. <laughs> no, my feelings have not been hurt. <laughs> no, not, not at all. <laughs> it's not the worst you've ever said to me. <laughs> Personally, I prefer any sentence that opens with what in the depths of your ignorance. But <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> so who'd you have? Yes. Yeah, let's uh, fix that segue, huh? Right. <laughs> I have the uh, the Nahal, mm-hmm. which is the shorthand version, and I did not write the longhand version, which was I was looking through your notes there, Tom. Mm. <laughs> so, Casey, if you want to bridge the gap there, for those of us who uh, aren't, who want to know the full name of the tribe, Atsu Talal Nahal. Okay. That is a mouthful. 
yes, we, we use Nahau for short, so right? <laughs> by all means, continue with that. Yes, the Atzu Talal Nahau. And, and full disclosure, when we were divvying things up, uh, you know, for the for the tribes here, I, I let I let the guys go first. Mm-hmm. And I was a little pissed that Danny took the Anapu. Because <laughs> I, I love me some silent striders. I mean I do too though. Right, but I mean I gave you dibs. Uh, it's fine. So I was I was pretty bummed out. I, I thought like, oh damn it, fine. And as I started to read about these guys, <laughs> I was fascinated. Okay. Because, obviously, is all of these, they break down to eventually become tribes. And I'll get to those. I don't want to okay. uncover the curtain on that yet. All right. You're leaving a little surprise. Got a little it. surprise. They remind me a lot of the Actena, who they don't eventually become. Oh, okay. So oh, there's do obvious, tell us a story. I was going to say, there's obviously a reason you're bringing that up then. Yeah, and, and there's, there's something that they do in here, and I'm going to get to it, that is just cool as shit. <laughs> But first and foremost, their mandate. Unto you, how I demand you master the mechanics of my being, my essence, my blood and bone, so that you may better understand me and my goals. So become Gaia? So that sounds extremely vague. Well, it's, you know, un- understand how my shit works. And I, and I would imagine that understanding, you know, we will say the, the essence of her, of Gaia's being, would be to better be a mouthpiece for her intention. Is, is what I infer in the greater scheme of things. I mean, am I off my nut here, Kason? No. You know, believe it or not, science only came around in, like, the, the 18th century. Before that, it was called natural philosophy. So think of the how is your natural philosophers. They want to know how the world works, both the physical world and the spirit world. And they want to know how everything in the world works. So not just, here's how I make fire. How does fire work? How do the humans work? How does flint napping work? How does all of it work? Hmm. Fantastic. Okay, you're absolutely right then. Right? It, it's like if they were an X-Men, it would be the Beast. <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> that's right up my alley. I was going to say, that's, that's among your top favorites, yes. Yeah, you know, they, I mean, they, they, they hung around uh, Asia and Southeast Europe, and they tend to gravitate toward larger villages, towns, semi-cities and shit because of that curiosity. A very, very curious, very intelligent compared to the other Pharaoh. So they're already smarter than you, and they can't breathe poor people there. But that curiosity... Are you hinting? I don't know that I am. I'm just saying words. So, <laughs> like, it, like it, even, it even went so... That curiosity went so far. Like, they even... It led to them to explore tools in fire. And legends suggest that they even helped humanity adopt the concept of the wheel. So, like, we're talking the founders of Bedrock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's exactly. going to be doing this the whole time. Right? <laughs> Intellectual explorers... They were interested in the physical realm, in magic, in the umbra. They sought discovery and innovation. They thought that the spiritual, magical, physical, they thought it was all interlinked. You could implement things here. And then they, what they would do was they would go so far as to put things like tattoos and pigments and dolls and shit into their rituals to enhance the rituals. So they were like the first shaman. Hmm, okay, cool. Right? Now, it, it they're, this, they're actually walking the line between the transition from shamanism and, you know, hardcore animism into, like, religion as we know it, where you have separate gods and you have tools, you know, magic tools and things like that. And then how really start to shine at the end of the War of Rage, at Ooh. the end of the Pleistocene, where you're getting into the Neolithic, where you have... Don't spoil it. ...towns and, <laughs> and wheels and pottery and things like that. That's where they really start to shine. 
Porter. Let's get a little uh, form. What do they what mean? What's the? What are they? Well, they're they're also wolves. They're kinfolk. Uh, were precursors to the gray wolves, and we talk about the African golden wolves again. There's a point where they break off from that a little bit, mm-hmm. but we're going to get there. Okay. I don't want to... Okay. Well, usually we lead with <laughs> what they were. No, for sure, but some of this lies in that history that I'm burying until oh, okay. later. All right, all right. <laughs> we're going like... to dig it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, we're talking about it. I just don't want to... No, he up. already dug it up. He's just got a, like a blanket over the top so you can't see it. Right. No, we're dusting off the bones right now. <laughs> See, and now at the same time, you know, they, they did have warriors, but, the, um, you know, even though the warriors were the, were the first to agree to unite with the nation, you know, mm-hmm. many claim that they were the ones that come up with the idea of the Garu Nation. Well, there's a lot yeah. of that going on. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's interesting that we already see that breakdown in terms of, no, we did it, no, no, we did it, no, no, no we did it. it. I absolutely love it that way. But, but the book does mention that there wasn't really a first to come up with it so much as it was kind of created organically over time. Okay. So, you guys is bullshit, too. <laughs> again. Hey, these were the scientists, man. They're the ones that are going to say it. They better. got the scientists. They know. No, again, I agree. <laughs> I'm liking this. I like how it's, you know, storyteller discretion. You know, the... Yeah, it can be however you want. Exactly. Not only that, but the oral tradition we know is very much possibly bullshit. And look... The Savage Age is all the precursor to all of this as far as the apocalypse go. Right. I, I love it this way. It's awesome. I do. It's something I've always loved. That, you know, because it's oral history, it all can be bullshit. This all, you know. <laughs> you don't fucking know. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. They could all be right. Metallurgy didn't start in just one location. It started in multiple locations. So all of the tribes could have come up with the same idea at, you know, roughly the same time because they were all getting their asses handed to them by the whale log. And the Hamal. I mean, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that's part of the, the thing, too. Is like, all of it can be true, none of it can be true, some of it can be true. It's, it's what you decide. Right, it's pick your destiny. It's like, you know, fuck, I don't, I don't like the coach. I was like, hey, ain't anything to do with it, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> or, maybe they're my favorite. No, they totally were the ones. You have that freedom to do so. Yes. <laughs> that's the main reason why I like Savages. There's so many good story nuggets in there that you can do whatever with. Yeah. You know, there there isn't a wrong answer, Mm-mm. and that's that's great. But yeah, they they did. They saw the advantages of working together, in particular from an information sharing standpoint. And of course, it didn't hurt that the best at in the region were all sorts of hostile, and um, <laughs> of course not. You know, taking a decent amount of like no out lunch money. Oh. <laughs> there was some there was some bullying going on. Just, <laughs> just really cats bullying, bullying things, right? But interestingly, the, the their elders refused the first invitations to join because they were concerned that they'd be pulled into the War of Rage. Oops. <laughs> oh. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oops. <laughs> just, just oops. It just well, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were really intellectually competitive, always pushing to be, and I'm quoting here, the thought alpha, which really backs up that lunch money thing I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we need a debate between them and the Kucha right now. Well, and that's the thing is they were they were big on that. They were big on uh, storytelling and bragging. And I thought something cool that I read there was that you could bend the truth like a lot. Oh yeah. You know, one-upsmanship and bragging were huge in the culture, but there had to be a verifiable kernel of truth in the story. As long as it's kind of true, as long as it's working. Look, I caught a fish. This as long as there was a fish. There you go. There's your kernel you're of truth. probably allowed to get away with it, but do not get caught lying. 
And what happens? Well, you'd, I mean, there, you would be punished. Um, yeah, usual it was humiliation, uh, ritual humiliation, mm-hmm. shit like that. But tell your fish story. Mm-hmm. There has to be you something know, that, provable in there. <laughs> Exaggerated just not too much. Goes, they would have come up with the right of the jackal. Though definitely. Definitely. That's a great call, actually. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Seems Man. like these guys are really going to lean towards galliards. It might seem that way. However. Oh, oh, we're getting there. We're going to get there. He's really, really building the story. I'm enjoy- I really enjoyed these guys. Again, I thought I drew the short straw, but I ended up really digging them. You know, I talked about the spiritual side, and, you know, they really did celebrate the mysteries. They were smart enough to know they couldn't understand everything, but they felt that uncertainty was necessary. It encourages exploration. You want to keep searching for knowledge, but also that mystery they felt uh, ultimately permitted magic to function. They use spiritualism and faith, like Kaysen talked about it, in in the terms of like gods and informing religion, you can see how they they're starting to do that. They would embrace titles like oracle or soothsayer or witch. Oh, just embracing those titles because yeah, oh, shit. like you could see them taking these things and forming into higher ideas, and it's it's really cool. They understood, you know, the power of rituals, and actually they leaned a lot toward thurges hmm. because of that. I'm noticing a little bit of a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, they weren't uh, largely as aggressive as some of the others of the nation, mm-hmm. which again falls back again to the problems with the best step. They're not the Kucha. Mm-mm. They're not that front line, what up? Yeah. <laughs> which also makes sense why they were getting bullied more than right. others. But, you know, in terms of the fair, they tended to get along all right. Like, they were really close to the Anupu. Mm-hmm. They found themselves to be kindred spirits. Okay. They, they did have a problem with the Grandor because, you know, they thought the Grandor were too cool for them. Well, most of the Garu did. Yeah, I mean, they were generally jealous of how awesome the Grandor are. I believe that's a quote from the book. That sounds about right, Kaysen? That sounds just right. It's totally understandable. They're looking up to the jacks. Right? The birds are looking up to the jacks. That man is the quarterback cool. of the planet. I want to be like him. I want his jacket. Right? beautiful <laughs> they they did however they they also had beef with the apis you <laughs> damn it you <laughs> who they thought were meddlesome and generally too curious for their own good i'm sure they weren't the only ones who thought that right and then of course we get back into the bastet which was largely the same reasons of the apis except the difference was that well the apis were generally predictable and like you knew what they were up to, you knew the score. The best that were just harder to get a read on. Additionally, they asked too many questions, especially in regard to the rituals. You know, it was like uh, back off already. God damn, we're in the middle of something. But the best that they were always trying to steal secrets too, which led to something called the ritual of dark taking. <laughs> oh, guys! Oh, hold on. <laughs> just Gason's reaction alone. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. So, so I have to mentally prepare for this. <laughs> so, Casey, you, 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 right? you've listened to the show. How excited am I right now to talk about this? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's coming. Oh, my God. All oh, right. guys. If you guys could just fucking see Porter's face right now. <laughs> Seatbelts, gentlemen. Yeah, shit. Now, the war rage is going on, right? And the Nahu elders are ready to join the Garu, but they believe they need to contribute something like powerful something symbolic something that can not only show their worth but like might recruit others to come in and join up okay so they devised this little ritual that would hobble the best at forever 
I don't like where this is going. <laughs> so they focus on the Wallawa because they're the most numerous and powerful. They're the ones predominantly fucking everybody up. Mm-hmm. Cool. The ritual was designed to lock the Wallawa in the form they're currently in. Literally taking away their ability to shift. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, I see this backfiring. Now, <sighs> it took more than three generations to create this ritual. Another two enacting it. Holy shit. Hundreds of the right masters and shamans spending their whole lives making this thing work. Right? Think about that. Whoa. So the time finally comes. And the, the ritual, it, it starts. And it manifests in the Umbra. It's this crimson mist that covers, like, all of Europe. Most of Asia and Africa. Oh, okay. I mean, this is over time, of course. But the spread, I mean, the spread took decades. And there were plenty of battles over the Nexus point trying to stop it, but those battles were unsuccessful, you know? And how they won, those battles were good. But yeah, these mists would cling to the Bastet. Sticky, like, they'd leave the Umbra, the, the shit's still on them. I mean, yeah, sure, you could just stay out of the Umbra. But that's, like, not super technically viable when you're fighting, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so like, is a fun side effect, right? The best dead of the region avoided the Umbra at all costs, and then became fearful of the spiritual. So that's bonus one, right? I was going to say, already, I get it. Bonus two, the relations with their totems and spirits got fucked. Because oh. they wouldn't go to the Umbra, so the spirits and the totems felt like they were being deliberately ignored. Bonus two. <laughs> Long story short, this thing changed the Battle of the War Rage forever. It changed the tide of the battle. This was the Hail Mary, man. Oh, holy shit! Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a little dumbfounded. Wow, did not see this coming, <laughs> and it makes so much fucking sense now. <laughs> like I'd make the argument in case, and maybe you back me up on this. That if not for this ritual, the Garonation would have lost the War of Rage. It's exactly what I was thinking. It's where I was going. One hundred percent. Yeah, uh, it, we would be playing um, Bearcat the Apocalypse. In, in the modern nights, instead of Werewolf the Apocalypse, if this ritual had not taken place. You um, see why I hid this from you guys? Yeah. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> now, well done on that. Right? Who wrote this one, Kason? I think this is all Chris's work. Okay. Chris, we're tipping our hats. Yeah. This is awesome. I mean, there were repercussions. Well, sure. It fractured the tribe. You, you had uh, some that were really proud of ach the, the achievement, some that were really regretful. And that's actually what the factions were called. The proud and regretful. Now, that's it, cool. look, simple's better, right? It, it's cool, though, <laughs> and it makes sense. But yeah, it really fractured them. Some of the regretful ended up leaning into jackal kinfolk. Okay. And ended up heading over with the Anpu. The Anupu, excuse me. And so we're part of that, what would eventually become the Striders, which is neat. Yes. The others started crying a lot. <laughs> and they said, we're sad we weren't obliterated. Oh and I became the Chobangaya. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were hiding that from what, me the whole time. What did I say? Um, the proud, though, even the proud didn't, fully uh, stay together because they ended up splitting up. And, and this had more to do with leaning sort of originally the, the wild and now the weaver. So they kind of branched out going, hey, I like this path better, I like that better. And those eventually led to the walkers and the furies. Oh. So no Octana. No Octana. 
So you have... <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, let me break that down. Yeah. You have two splits. Yes. So one split, and those two split and became... Mostly the children of Gaia. Children of Gaia and, and some, Striders. Yep, some ran with the Anubu. Two split. The second split also split and became the Walkers and the Furies. Yes. And you can see that Weaver Wild alignment, how that happened. This, wow. Holy shit, that's awesome. No wonder he didn't tell us why. <laughs> see? I got I had a plan here. <laughs> so these guys must have some badass gifts, too. They, they uh, yeah. I mean, they have some cool stuff. They have, like, uh, one in particular that I remember, because, you know, we don't usually dig in, is, mm-hmm. is that they can just make you trust them. <laughs> I mean, that goes good with their arguing abilities. <laughs> right. That's good. Um, I know I, I kind of monopolized this, case, but if you, uh, anything you've got to, to bring to the table with it, too? I just, I, I had to do the dark. I had to do the ritual. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Surprisingly enough, I really like these guys, because at first I was like, oh, they're the precursors to the Glasswalkers. Yay. But no, the, the depth of these guys and what, what they've accomplished in the Savage Age is really illustrative of how big the Savage Age can be. You know, imagine trying to, in, in Werewolf the Apocalypse, create a, a rite that lasts for 40 years to cast or to empower. You know, it's, it's, it takes it to that, that level of, of sort of epic fantasy that we really wanted to embrace. I mean, you said three generations. That's fucking insane. And then two more to do it. So yeah. yeah so Jesus. So five. So five generations. generations just to make this work. Jesus. Christ. And Mike so can drop on the best hundred years. Yeah, I would say that's probably about a hundred years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the other thing to, to to think about, you know, they had hundreds of of Nahau working on this at once. The populate the human population of of Europe at this time was about. 40,000 people. Jesus. So you're tying up a lot of your resources in these things. It's not just, you know, a, cu- a couple of them got together over beers and said, hey, let's figure out how to screw the, the Bastet over. Which, you know, kind of makes sense because, you know, taking so many of them, it's taking that long. They're probably being attacked oh, while certainly. it's happening. You have to have defense on it. It's taking longer because then now you take some off the ritual to for defense. Which, well, not only that, but maybe uh, resources from other tribes mm-hmm. of this proto-Gyro nation. I mean, you could see like uh, like some big Kucha general going, you know, when is this thing going to be done? We've been losing people left and right on this front protecting your asses. I was thinking that with the Anupu, uh, the same. Because again, and, and that's the other what thing the it would do that this ritual would do is bring the nation together. You know, they have one goal, get this ritual done, stick it to our enemies, and it really is key to welding the nation together as to see themselves as a single nation, not as a bunch of tribes working together towards one goal. Right? Like, look at what we accomplished. That's so like, we, you know, we, we, the Kucha, we didn't do the ritual, but we protected the ritual. We're a part, you know, it couldn't have done without us either. I, I totally get what you're saying. That's excellent. Big time. That's huge. That's so cool. Mic drop. <laughs> we win. <laughs> And could you imagine being a bastet on the other side of that when the ritual's complete? Like, you're in the Umbra fighting and there's this red mist. Oh, that's crazy. And all of a sudden you can't change forms? That's fucked up. Well, and the, and the whale themselves used an umbral network connecting caves together, since they were cave lions. And imagine, you know, you're used to running around 
you're up from cave to cave, but then all of a sudden you come out and you're stuck in your hominid form. Or a, a bunch of your friends come out and you're all, you know, you're stuck in your breed forms, for example. And then all of a sudden, oh, here comes six stone eaters in, and hmm. what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said that, and I almost shat my pants. <laughs> six stone eaters, I'm done. I surrender, I don't give a shit, change or not. <laughs> or, bring it, you ain't all going to fit in here. Well, I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> he said six stone eaters, right? And then all of a sudden, the cave line's like, all right, just shift, we'll take them. No, shift. Yeah, guys, shift. Tom, shift. Shift. Why Why, why aren't we shifting? <laughs> Lenny, what's your problem? She's fucking hit crinos. <laughs> why can't you? <laughs> and then, oh no, my guts are laying on the floor. Right? Yeah. On my face and hands. Think about the morale for all the other best stuff, though. The ones that didn't get affected by it. Right? Like, they were probably like, oh, well, this is coming to us now. What again? Shook them so hard. Hmm. That's so cool. Right, because at that time, a lot of the other Bastet were in alliance with the Whalewa in the Hamal system. So it was, you know, it was essentially a Bastet nation. So yes, they could all easily see, oh, crap, we're next. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just waiting to be affected by it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that shifted morale on the War of Rage big time. And not just with a Bastet, on everyone else, too. Like, oh, shit, look what they can do. Now let this be a lesson to you. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> Definitely saved the best for last on that one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it timed out really well, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, and again, I, I just took the one you guys didn't take. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do pre-research. I didn't go, this is going to be the best one or the best story. No. No, I no, I said you I guys didn't either. go. No. He, he picked, and I just he just threw my name out there and what I was giving. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. I was like, I'll take this one. You, Tom, you want that one? I didn't even respond to anything. I went, okay, I'm doing that one because that's what you said I was doing. No, I, because <laughs> it was, uh, like we said, Tom, you'd probably like this one because they're the successors to, I I forgot which tribes it was, but that's oh, what we said. Talents in the bunny. Yeah. That's what it was. Thanks yeah. for listening to the podcast. Yeah. <sighs> Ouch. Nice. Got it in there. Got right? it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yes, that's what we said. We said, Tom, you'd probably like this one because it was successors. I just ran to... with it. <laughs> yep. Like, okay. And that means I'm like, oh, fine. I'll take this one because I like the name better. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> and again, I just, I gave you guys dibs and look what happened. Yeah. You still well, ended up on top. It <laughs> was a great story. So, Kason, any final thoughts on everything? We finally covered the, the all of the Guru Nation. There's so much more coming oh, yeah. uh, in the Player's Guide. You'll get sneak peeks on all of the other Fera that we haven't covered. So hopefully that you know leads to lots of stories, whether it be the Guru Nation making their way through the War of Rage, which we really haven't talked about a war itself. Don't think of the War of Rage as something like, say, one of the World Wars, where they're constantly fighting. Think of it more like the Hundred Years' War, where they fought for a couple of months, and then there were even years of peace, or of quiet at least. And then another big outbreak of, of violence, and then a, uh, another lull. That's With the small populations at the time, that's about all you could sustain in war. Yeah, it wasn't one big battle. It wasn't like you go Lord of the Rings or whatever, like the Battle of Helm's Deep or something. It was... Right. Lots of this skirmishes you know, over a long small, time. small... Small actions, hit and runs. The Wilwa sort of introduced the attacking non-combatants, which the Guru learned pretty quickly and reciprocated with. 
imagine that. Oh. <laughs> saw how effective it was. Oh, so, super yeah, cool. you guys did a great job covering everything, so hopefully people are excited. Well, thank you for saying, and I know we're excited to cover more stuff. Yeah, we're, we're definitely looking forward to your player's guide here. And, and not just that, I mean, you know, we, we talked here, we talked the first Skyrim Nation, but there's there's the Tegger, the Rakama, the Wallowa, the, there's so many other things. Uh, and we'll get to them. We yeah, just, we're definitely, we just thought it'd be to start with the, you know, yeah, the first Skyrim Yeah, we're the Werewolf the Apocalypse but, podcast, we just thought it would be smart to start with the first Garu. Right. Start at the start. Right, and you know, you, uh, Case, of course, you're welcome to join us on those, some of those future journeys, if, uh, if, you'd, be, if you'd like to come back. Oh yeah, definitely, anytime you guys want me on. I'm more than happy to talk about the Pharaoh. That will help. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, thank you once again, Casey, for joining us. Uh, it, it's about that time. So, you know, we want to, again, we want to thank you so much again for, for hanging out with us, and we will for sure be giving you a call in the future for future episodes. It's been a great time. Thanks, Casey. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. And in the meantime, for the rest of you, you know, thanks again for coming and listening and hanging out with us. Uh, you know, you can show your support through our Patreon. <laughs> or, or hang out with... We didn't talk about the, any of that this time. No, we didn't. <laughs> we, we jumped right in. We were having a lot. We were having too much fun. But, you know, there's our Discord. You can get that uh, to that through our website at RageAcrossTheInternet.com. While you're there, you can check out our store and get some... Uh, Badass merch. Yeah, some pretty cool stuff. Some weird stuff. <laughs> Hey, those shoes actually turned out really cool. <laughs> yeah, those shoes actually were cool. Rage across the speakers. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, there's plenty of ways. And if so if you can't or don't want to, monetarily support, that's fine. Share the love. You know, likes, retweets, and recommendations, and anything you can to let more people know about us and what we do. That's better. And it's it's all gravy. So I think with that, it's going to be good enough, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, uh, on behalf of everyone here at Scratchable Studio and, uh, and our friend Case and Snow, we want to thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Keep your claws sharp and your head in a swivel. Mm-hmm.